Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the CanCast. And today's episode is the one I've been promising for quite a while. Um, it's going to be a tough one to get through. Um, and that is, of course, the Kobe Bryant episode. Uh, Kobe Bryant was very important to me and a lot of people like me that grew up playing basketball, grew up in Southern California. So what better way to celebrate you know, Kobe than on his birthday? You know, I, I knew I wanted to do a Kobe Bryant podcast from the very beginning. And as time kind of went on, I was like, when can I do it? When should I do it? And if just it's felt right kind of doing it on his birthday on August 23rd. And then obviously tomorrow being 824, which is Mamba Day, you know, in representing both of his numbers that he wore as, as a Laker and his time in the NBA. Uh, joining me on the podcast going to have the first time ever we're going to have a guest. Uh, it's actually my uh, one of my best friends and current roommate, uh, Pri, Pri Wiki. So, you know, I'd like to thank him uh, in advance for doing this pod with me. And honestly, there's there's no one I'd probably rather want to do this pod with as we both have an everlasting love for, for Kobe Bryant and admiration for him. And that's kind of uh, how our friendship kind of bloomed was our love for basketball, our love for the Lakers, love for Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, before we get into it, I want to thank everybody again for listening uh, things have, I can tell things have kind of picked up in terms of our listenership and people getting involved and stuff like that. And I'm really grateful for that. Uh, you know, I'm having a really good time doing all this and I'm hoping that I can continue. And I hope that you guys enjoy today's episode of the podcast as I think this is probably my, it's going to be, it's going to be my personal favorite just because of everything that it means to me. Uh, go ahead and get your Kleenex ready. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, let's get going. Thanks guys. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the CamCast. We have a very special episode going on today. It's going to be episode 12. This is uh, my In Honor of Kobe Bryant podcast, and uh, I decided that it wasn't good enough for just one person to be talking about Kobe Bryant. Brought on one of my best friends, Pre Wiki. Pre, thank you for doing me a favor today, man. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, I wish we were doing you know your first inaugural podcast on probably better times, but we're going to talk about... <laughs> our you know our love for kobe bryant today everything that he means to us yeah it's fitting i mean today is a eight twenty three his birthday yeah i know that's like that's kind of like the whole point you know i think you're missing that point right there that was like the whole idea yeah <laughs> and even better i mean tomorrow is kobe day so. I know, it's kobe day so i think you know i i think i talked about it earlier on in the when i was doing these podcasts probably episode one or two that i wanted to do a kobe bryant center podcast and it became like more and more obvious which day i needed to do it on so it had to be kobe bryant's birthday but um to kind of just start off like I, I brought you onto the podcast because when we went to high school together, we played on the basketball team. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we bonded over the Lakers, we bonded over Kobe Bryant, and it's kind of just been one of those things where every time there was a big Lakers moment we were growing up, it, you know, you were always with me. You, me, Kyle, AJ, you know, that was like the group that we always had. We were watching Kobe Bryant stuff. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, no, for sure. I remember, I mean, uh, what was it, 2010, 2011, when uh, you yeah. know, the last couple of years in Lakers were actually pretty good. Uh, we would come what every Friday or every weekend mm-hmm. come to to my house and we would watch the games. It was kind of like a rite of passage or like a ritual, if you will, <clears throat> that we watched the games together. Yeah, it was. And even when we played basketball in high school and stuff like that, like we always brought forward that Mamba mentality. Mm-hmm. We were never really, you know, great players in high school. We just no. weren't. I mean, that's, let's just call it what it is. Our fucking senior year, we went two and twenty-two. 
Yeah. But I, it's yeah. just one of those things. You could have left that out of the podcast. I got to keep <laughs> it in there, man. I got to keep the authenticity there. Uh, two and 22. Uh, <clears throat> extenuating circumstances led to that, but still. But uh, no, nah, it's just always been one of those things where I we our, our friendship, our group friendship kind of bonded over the love of basketball. And that was because of Kobe. And we both grew up in Southern California. And the, the blood here, you know, for Kobe runs really deep. Oh, yeah. I mean... Not just here, you saw, I mean, everyone saw around the world, I mean, on the day yeah. that he went, the whole world was shook. Yeah. Not just California or Los Angeles, so. That was the other thing, like, we we were together on that day, too, the 26th mm-hmm. of January. It's going to be a day that I know. It was kind of funny because I was at lunch with my dad, and I left early. Yeah, and I was at lunch with my dad. And yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. And so. then we just literally watched the TV for hours, hoping that. It was fake, yeah. Exactly. I, I, I hope, I thought it was, like, one of those hoax that you know someone just put out on the internet they're like oh i don't know why someone would do that but i realized you know there might be some like gravity to the situation and then i realized it was actually true so i know it's it's it's, it still feels i think i told you already this morning i think i sat in my bed for like an hour just watching clips of kobe mm -hmm. people talk about kobe and it's still sad i mean granted there hasn't been a lot to look forward to in this year this has been a shit show of a year but still it's like it started off so bad like so bad. Everything just went downhill after Kobe. Yeah, I'm convinced left. that he was the glue holding this whole thing together, <laughs> man. I really am. Yeah. But uh, like to to kind of make it a little bit more positive. What was one of your more f- you know favorite Kobe moments? Like if you had to pinpoint a couple and then maybe just like an, an A one, what would be your moments? It's hard to pinpoint one. I mean, yeah. It's just, there's a lot of feel good moments with Kobe. His last game, which is probably the most unexpected but weirdly expected type of ways for Kobe to go out. Yeah. It, I mean, if you under, you know, like, you know no, what I'm no, saying? It's, it's like, it's like you don't expect, cause he didn't play good that entire season. He was kind of, you could tell he was old man Kobe. Yeah. But if anybody were to go out with 60 points, it'd be Kobe. It'd be damn Kobe. And it's yeah. not, it's not like uh, the team just rolled over to let him do that. Kobe yeah. worked hard and you can yeah. tell. Uh, and then he just hit bucket after bucket in Kobe's fashion. You know, he just, yeah. He hit these tough shots, these fadeaways, and then we're like, oh, man, he's going for 40. Oh, wait, no, he's going for 50. Crazy. Wait, is he going to get 60? I was glad I watched that game with you. We were, I think we were at Travis's house that day. That was It was crazy. Yeah. I, I remember being emotional for that game. Oh, yeah, so was I. It was just, it was unreal. But I was like, I, I'm glad at least, you know, after a terrible season uh, with the supporting cast Kobe had, at least he got to kind of put a finishing stamp on his legacy with that, that, that was last rough. game. I mean, there are just so many moments with Kobe. I mean, that's probably, I mean, it's his last really memory that we have of him as a Laker. Mm-hmm. So that one's always the one that's going to stick with me, but it's everything from when we won the title in 2010, when he, you know, he jumps on the scorer's table, puts his arms out. Oh yeah. Iconic. Yeah. With the confetti rolling down. That's a great moment. The moment where he dislocated his finger, has Gary Vitti put it back in, it plays right back in there. Yeah. The free throws without an Achilles. Oh my gosh. You know, it's just things like that. It's Kobe. So that day, um, so I, I went kind of down like a, a Kobe spiral in terms of after his death. I was watching uh, a bunch of understandable of his. You know, I was bunch of, watching a bunch of stuff on online, and I was looking up all the documentaries he had mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But uh, I forgot which documentary it was, but he was talking about those free throws, and he was saying probably one of the hardest things he's ever done was do that. And he didn't remember even shooting. Like, he remember shooting, but he didn't remember feeling anything at that time. And if you go back and look at that video, you can see in his face how defeated he is. Oh, he's... I think I watched it, like, recently. Because, I mean, I, I've been watching clips nonstop since he died. But yeah. that one, he just looks like he's... He knows what's next. 
Yeah. You can tell he already sensed. He already knows what the problem is. He already knows his Achilles is gone. Yeah. It, and for whatever reason, Robert Sacre walks him off the court, which is just dumb. Like, Robert Sacre. <laughs> it, the dude literally was walking by himself. I don't know. I just don't like Robert Sacre. But, yeah, you it's written on his face. Yeah. It, I, I could... You can take away... You can literally just cut out his face and show me that picture. I know exactly yep. what and where that was. I think it's even more interesting that that game, it happened to be against the Warriors... So it's kind of like like it's it's kind of a weird like passing of the guard type thing, yeah. You know, because what was that like a two thousand thirteen? I think it was two thousand thirteen. Was it? I don't yeah, remember. I think it was two thousand thirteen. You'll see. I'm terrible with dates. So That's all I do is dates. Yeah, so that's I, it. That's all I do. I'll refer to you with all. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's that's what happens when you're a nerd and you look at stats all the time. You're just up to you're fluent with all these dates. I think one of the best moments, though, I think just as satisfying for probably for Kobe, but for us is when. Uh, he got his first championship after Shaq. Oh yeah, Two, in two thousand nine. Yeah, that, that was, was the probably the most satisfying because you know at that point I like I like like nowadays I like Shaq. Yeah. Back then I wasn't a huge Shaq fan just because you know all the beef and Kobe and him had. And and I'm just, pretty sure a lot of Laker fans agree with you there. Yeah, especially Kobe fans. Yeah. So, it's just that was really satisfying, and then Pau Gasol and everything with the sporting cast there. I mean, Pau is just. That was amazing. Yeah. I know. And you see what he's doing nowadays. That's that's my phone. That's embarrassing. You see what, <laughs> you see what he's doing with uh, with you know Bianca. Vanessa and the girls all yeah. the time now. It's just like you. It's it's really you feel really happy about it, but at the same time you feel really. It's know. sad because you yeah. wish that it didn't have to be that way, and he didn't have to be like Uncle Uncle Pal like he is right now. I mean, you're glad that he's there for the family, but it's like. Man, I wish you wish Kobe was there to kind of watch his daughters grow up. Yeah. Besides the one, you know, it's it sucks. Where they can enjoy together, you know, the fruits of their labor after working so hard and stuff. Yeah. But but yeah, I know Powell is like probably a real one for you oh, know yeah. He's one of the forever. realest ones that's gonna be Man, I know that day was just crazy. It's uh I don't know, it's just nuts. I think I I told you that I was at the one game where he received his MVP trophy in the playoffs in 2008. Oh, yeah, you told That's me that. That's always going to be like a big... I still have the ticket stub. I have the t-shirt that they gave out that night. I was interviewed by KTLA, um, KTLA 5, and I, was, I don't remember what I said. That was when I was like a lot shorter and like way higher pitched of a voice. Mm-hmm. But I remember Mr. Rubel, who we both love so much, <laughs> uh, our English teacher in freshman year, he remembered he saw me on the TV that day. I don't know. I, I, this, that was a little moment that was kind of cool for me to, yeah. to be in that building right then, you know? And it's kind of funny because David Stern's the one that gave him that trophy, and they're both gone now. Yeah. Even though I don't like David Stern. Yeah. He's, I mean, but he is dead. Maybe I shouldn't say that. That's kind of bad, huh? Probably I not. I don't care. It's all right. <laughs> um, so, more on Kobe, like... Did you like him more as number eight or as twenty-four, or do you are you able to differentiate the two and you you know that they're two different guys? So I attribute twenty-four to being the the Black Mamba, mm-hmm. like that's that's the Kobe that we know now oh, yeah. is the twenty-four. That's the I mean I know he had championships before that, but mm-hmm. that's like the championship mentality, Kobe. Mm-hmm. I think the eight is. A little bit more younger, kind of immature. I mean, obviously he was younger, but like, I say immature in the most respectful way. In terms yeah. of, he kind of played with disregard. He just he wanted to score. He'd go score, even if it means no passing. That's kind of how he got that that mentality or the stigma of you know he never passes. But uh, I think both were equally as important for him because without number eight, 
Kobe wouldn't. There is no twenty four. Yeah, there is no twenty four. There yeah. isn't any way for him to to build on what he mm-hmm. uh, failed in and all that stuff. So that's what made him such a good basketball player is because he took. It just wasn't a game to him. This was no. literally his life. You know, he spent every single day just living, breathing, doing. It was basketball. all consuming. Yeah, and not not to the point where it was like a detriment to his life or livelihood. He just he, it seemed like he was always the type of person that, and you saw it a little bit after his basketball days where he was into something, he was all in. Yeah, he wasn't about the half acid. It's kind of interesting that you you bring up the that eight. He was a little bit more immature, and he was. If you really think about it, like he was number eight from the ages eighteen to twenty eight. I mean, we're 27, and we definitely don't got our shit together. No. You know, so I'm just saying, like, and then he was 24 from, uh, you know, 28 to 38 when he retired. It's two completely different guys. Yeah. Number 24 was more of the family man. You know, he was more, you know, obviously he. It seemed like he towards the second the the, the second half of his career, he was a lot more involved with his daughters, more with mm-hmm. his wife, more about trying to make a difference. In that beginning part, he was just getting started. Yeah. Right. He was just raw kid out of Philly from Italy. You know, feuding with his all-star center, dealing with a, a, probably one of the league's first super teams in 2004 when we had Carl Malone and Gary Payton. Yeah, that's a lot of publicity. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. It's it's His his career is really interesting because he did 20 years, and it was exactly 10 years with the number 8 and 10 years with the number 24. And if you were to pluck both those numbers for both jersey numbers for 8 and 24, and I think somebody did a, 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 a probability measure on both of those things. If he was number eight, he would have been in the Hall of Fame just in that 10-year career. If he was just number 24 for that 10-year career, it would have also been in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So essentially, in a 20-year career, he lived out two 10-year Hall of Fame careers, and he's just one dude. Yeah. You know, And it's all the records, all the accolades, but for me, it was always the buzzer beaters. Uh, I don't think there has been a better montage than searching Kobe Bryant buzzer beater moments. Oh, yeah. That... On, that was probably like probably 10 of the videos I watched after he died. It was just all that. And I remember every single, well, not every single one, but almost every single one, I can remember exactly where I was watching yeah. it and feeling it. So which one do you think is his most iconic or your favorite one? <sighs> I got mine. Mine's actually two. All right, go. I'm so mine is, mine is uh, against Trailblazers. Because mm-hmm. uh, on the Trailblazers, there was a guard. His name was Ruben Patterson. He was originally drafted by the Lakers. And he called himself the Kobe Stopper. So in in regular in the in the regular time you know regular forty eight minutes of the game Kobe Bryant hit a shot crazy three point shot called by John Ireland that went in just cash at at the buzzer and then literally in overtime he hits the exact same shot from like the exact same distance we're calling that Lillard range it was like logo range it was far but it was just funny it's because not, not Steph range not, not Steph, I'm killing it <laughs> hey guys, Steph is injured right now it's Lillard range even though we're playing against him in the playoffs and I'm still kind of. It's it's still tough for me to because I think I think Damian Lillard's one of my favorite. Okay, getting sidetracked. Yeah, I know my bad. But uh, <laughs> not nah, that was always. I think I was I was young when that one came up because we were born in '93. I think that was in like 2000, 2005 maybe. I think it. I don't think Shaq was on the team at that point. I could be wrong, but so I was six to ten somewhere in that range. But I remember it pretty vividly. And looking back on it now, it's like okay, that guy called him out, and Kobe just showed him up. He called it, he was a self-proclaimed Kobe stopper and couldn't stop Kobe. That's what I always loved about Kobe is he thrived on that competition. He wanted somebody to jaw at him. He wanted, you know, to quote the last dance, he took it personal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, but it wasn't necessarily personal. He just liked the challenge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's, it's like he, you can name all of his rivals over the years from Rajah Bell 
the dirty Dante Jones, Jalen Rose, who we dropped 81 points on. Yeah, that, know, that just, ended that conversation. That ended every single conversation, especially with Raja Bell, too. I know. So, uh, Do you remember his one against the Heat? The backboard one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was a good one. It's funny because all these, for some reason in my head, my memory is terrible, but that the one against the Spurs... It wasn't even his. Uh, I think he, he, that was the one that he that um, Tim Duncan hit a shot. Was that the point four game? That I was know. point four game. God, I'm, t- I'm so <laughs> terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. I remember one against Spurs. Yeah, Is there one against you, Spurs? Uh, I don't think so. I think it was a point four okay. game. Okay, yeah, that's for sure. I just had a flood of. Uh, I mean, okay, but back. that's not bad. Fisher is the all-time winningest person in the playoffs. <laughs> so I mean, you got that for you. It's all good, man. <laughs> Can you edit that out of this? Oh, no, we're kidding. It's raw and real. It's all good. Uh, uh, nah, so besides all that, like, you know, he, I think he, in, in his, when, I think it was 2010, 11, whenever we didn't make the playoffs last, I think it was 2010 or uh, 2011, mm-hmm. he made a bunch of shots that year that were just like buzzer beaters winning games. I remember he won one in front of the Kings bench where he just rose both of his hands and just like didn't have any type of emotion at all. That's just how he was. Um, do you remember his 81 point game at all? Yeah, I do. You do? Were I, you watching it? I was watching that game. You were? Yeah. I wasn't, uh, at that time, I don't think I was, I don't think I was anticipating him scoring that much. I was watching like in and out of that one. There's no one, no way anybody could. No, but like, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize how close he was. Because I remember yeah. I was probably, I put the Laker games on in the background sometimes and mm-hmm. watch, especially back in the day. But that game, I remember like, oh, Kobe scored again. Okay, Kobe scored again. I probably has like, what, 30? And then I remember he's like, he had 65 or something like that. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, that was, I think that was 2006. That was just crazy. And now it's like, it's kind of, it's only been 14 years since then, but now when you watch highlights of it, it seems like so long ago, you know, in yeah. terms of like how how it was filmed, how it was broadcasted and everything. Yeah. But it's timeless. You know, it's the second highest scoring game in NBA history and we were alive for it and it was by our favorite player. And not even that, like the, the type of basketball play back then was heavier on defense. Nowadays, oh, yeah. there's no defense played. How many points do you think Kobe's dropping on that night if, if it's the same? If it's rule prime, similar? vintage Kobe, he would have passed Will Chamberlain. 100% agree. Yeah. That's why I always have an issue when people call James Harden one of the greatest scorers they've ever seen. Go ahead and try to do that in the early 2000s or 90s. There's no way James Harden could do that. No. Not well, he, okay, James Harden's going to score in any area that he's in, right? Because he's, I mean, I don't like him very much, but he's a good He's player. a good basketball player. He's yes. a good player. But do you think that those teams in the 90s would just let him go to the basket and not try to hurt his ass like they did Michael and Kobe all the time? Well, yeah. I mean, the whole NBA has changed, too. And in terms of, you know, you look at how many free throws he gets or how many foul calls he gets. Way too many. Because he throws his fucking beard in the air and he just gets a foul <laughs> And it call. looks like way worse than it actually it's is. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's because, yeah, his head's like twice as big as mine, which is really saying something. And he's just able to get all types of foul calls because of that. Yeah. And I, I used to make fun of soccer and stuff because, you know, they barely get touched and they just fall on the floor and pretend like, you know, here. they got the worst thing ever. And then now basketball players, I, I think just the way in the culture of the NBA and the way that the refs call things nowadays, mm-hmm. it's like ticky tack, soft foul shit. And because of that, Kobe would go to the line 30 times. Yeah. Easily. Because he got hacked all the time. People and, would go under. That one rule that got him a lot was when people would slide underneath him when he was taking his jumper. Jalen Rose admitted to do that twice. Yeah. It was once in the playoffs in 2001 in the finals when they were playing the Pacers. He did it there. And then Dante Jones did it a couple of times too. He's, fucking, he's a Duke player, so I automatically hate him. <laughs> but uh, So kind of switching gears, you know, the Mamba mentality is really well documented, right? Like it's everyone has their own Mamba mentality story from people that actually knew Kobe to people that, you know, like us, that just... I'm not going to say worship, but yeah, 
yeah. worship. I can't think of another celebrity or athlete where I've cared this much about somebody dying. Never happened. No, no I never have. I it was funny. I was I think it was you and I were talking. I was talking mm-hmm. to someone. I was like, I'm not I'm not a huge emotional person, yeah. and I the last time I cried was like 2000, probably 12. And I'm not even lying. Like I, if I, I wish I can cry easily, but 2012 or like 2013 was the last time I cried, and uh, up until what was it, January 26th, yep. I immediately broke down. Like yeah, after how many phone calls were you getting that day? So we, weirdly enough, uh, I heard the news because we were all, you guys were all texting and everything. Yeah, and that was after the fact. Yeah, uh, I got a text from Allison, and she was like. Hey, I think Kobe got in a crash. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, look online. And I saw a preliminary reports saying, you know, a helicopter went down. They think Kobe was in it. And I was, I kind of was just like, okay, that's, that's like weird. It's random. And it was yeah. a Sunday morning. Like yeah. it was a decent morning, decent day so far. And I was with my dad going to get Indian food <laughs> and <laughs> we just sat down and, and well, we just parked actually. And then I got that text and I was walking in and I was like, this is really weird. And I asked them, can they turn on the TV? And on the TV, they had uh, they didn't have anything up yet, but they're like like five minutes later, they they panned over to uh, wherever the crash was at. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, all the whole time, I was on my phone, and I think that's when you guys were texting. And I was yeah. like, "Hey, I got the same text from someone else. Like, I hope this shit's not real." Yeah. And I I didn't eat I didn't eat that. After my dad was eating, I was like, I just want to go home after we're done. I so. it was it, I got I think the first person that texted me was my buddy Doug. He texted me, he's like, "Yo, Co- I think Kobe died," and I was like, "Nah." And then then he called me. I didn't answer. I was I was also like I said earlier eating lunch with my dad, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and then my brother texted me, and then all of a sudden I kept getting calls from my coworkers, calls from my family, and then oh. eventually like you know our group text message kind of Blew came up. to, yeah. and I was like, "Oh fuck, you know this is this is real." Yeah. I literally couldn't eat. It was rough. Even my dad, who my dad doesn't really. He doesn't. He's, he doesn't. He doesn't get very emotional ever. I. He, you could tell he was a little bit upset about this too. And yeah. That's that's saying that's saying something. I think the last time I saw my dad get upset like that was when my great grandparents passed. That was the last time I saw him upset. But yeah. Um. Just I guess making it a little bit more less dreary right now. <laughs> uh. What's something in terms of like Kobe's work ethic or something that you took away from him that you you tried to emblemize or that you did emblemize and like you know how you how you go about your day to day. I think, I mean, honestly, Kobe, just the way he attacked things and the way that he showed. The thing is, he never talked about being like, you know what, I want to inspire you, I want to do it. He just did his own yep. thing and everyone kind of just just took it for their own. Yeah. I mean, for me, my story, I mean, you know, yeah. I in high school we played basketball together. I try to bring that type of uh, focus and... And that type of... Uh, you did like everything we everything you do, right? Yeah, mentality. Yeah. But the thing is, I was more so about that in basketball. So, like, you know, we had five o'clock practices in the morning. Yep. Uh, we would show up. Me and you would both show up early, you yep. know. And we kind of led our uh, led our practices that day, you know. So, that kind of transitioned when I left high school because I realized... I mean, I was working hard in basketball, but I, I mean... I, didn't we, I know. I was the same way as you. I didn't really put forth that effort into anything else besides basketball. And yeah. that was because of Kobe. Because if Kobe valued it, I valued it too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I realized it doesn't have to be basketball. It's nope. just you got to do something that you're passionate about. You mm-hmm. got to do something that, you know, you want, right? So yep. uh, once I realized I didn't get into any college after high school besides, like, my backup one, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I... This is not good. So it's time to turn it on. Yeah. So at that point, I remember I, I literally I watched Kobe's videos and stuff. I just wanted to see how how does this mindset come about? How do you 
how does someone become successful in anything they do? Yep. Not just basketball. It's just you have to dive in. You have to be, you know, 100% about what you're going to do. Yep. So, um, and from that point on, like I, even when I was working out, I was, I was kind of became this addictive personality. And you know, like I have that addictive yeah, personality nowadays. So, um, oh, I'll, I'll gladly say the, the end of 2019, you got addicted to Pokemon Go. So yeah. that was. <laughs> I fucking I hate you, God. Hey, I was here with you. It was fun. Hey, we keep it one hundred here, man. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> uh, well, I can gladly say I left that alone. Yeah, I'm no, gone it's now. gone. It's that. dead. It's buried. It but, was a nice yeah. one month. <laughs> but yeah, no, I like I all through undergrad. I mean, I was going through, I was commuting and all this stuff. But all that mattered was you know getting through undergrad so you can get to your end goal. And for me, yeah. I was in you know in medicine. So. Uh, Having that, I remember watching this interview and Kobe used the same exact words. I didn't, I didn't even know he used these words. I watched this the other day because okay. uh, there's a word or a phrase I would use. I'd say delayed gratuity. You've said that a lot. You actually said that to me yeah. a lot of times too. I remember we were sitting at Starbucks in like, I think it was like our first year of undergrad or maybe even in, uh, in high school. And I was like, it's all about delayed gratuity. You know, you work your ass off now and you'll, you'll reap the benefits later on. So yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of my early twenties and for you too, like early twenties, I didn't, I didn't go party. I didn't go live the college life, anything like that. I, I worked hard. I, I mean, I studied, we did a lot of academic, you know, triaging for myself. And, uh, I mean, it ended up working out for me. Now I got to where I wanted to be, but I realized, you know, Kobe kind of set the example, mm-hmm. how, you, how you get to, uh, where you want to be in life. He so. set the standard. Yeah, I've always said that you have one of the best work ethics I've ever seen. I think the second would probably be my little brother Dylan, and you guys are very similar in where you guys don't half any half ass anything at all. Mm. And I know you got that from Kobe, and just mm. from your own internal, you know, well being. And my brother, I'm guessing, just got that from his own internal well being too. But it's like it's that that super type A personality, which is really it's a rare thing to have, and um, it's it's like I said, it's not really an all consuming notion of having to. It, it control your life, but you know exactly what you want to have. You know the steps you have to get there. It might not be the quickest thing you've ever done, but once you get there, it's it's not even enough then. You just want to continue and, yeah. and get better at that point. Yeah. It's all about, I mean, Kobe too, it's all about bettering yourself, but in every aspect yep. of your being. And that's the mama mentality. Yeah. It really is. It, it's not just sports. Well, it's crazy because, okay, you remember Kobe's first couple games, right? Came out, shot the air ball shot. Oh yeah, no, yeah, that was the uh, playoffs, right? Yeah, that yeah, was that first season. The playoffs. When he, when he first got he four air balls. Yeah, he was averaging like what fifteen minutes a game, and yep. then he came out four air balls. But shot him. Yeah, no, he yeah. was he, he was, was confident, him. but that shit didn't hit anything. No, <laughs> four air balls in Utah, and he took that to heart. Yep. And you, you, he talked about it in his documentaries. He's like, I that was terrible. I, I, I fucked up. Yeah, and uh, he came out that next game. I mean, he didn't even do well there that series, right? Didn't no. he come back the next year and the yeah, first yeah, game yeah. they were playing against him? Because that was the knockout game. That game that game knocked him out of the playoffs. I think that was the 97 playoffs. So that was his rookie yep. season. Okay. okay. And that and that Utah Jazz team wound up to go play Jordan in the finals and lose. Yeah. But um, but their first game the next year coming oh, back. Oh, first game the next year, was I think, jazz. against the Jazz. And I think he dropped 30. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he dropped 30. That was his motivation over yeah. the summer. He was talking to me. He's like, I, he's like how, how perfect is it that, you know, that was my first game where I, that my name got shot out, yeah. but it was because of the worst reasons. Yeah, and then we come back at the very first game and we get to play against the Jazz. He's I like, know it's it's 
that was probably a worst nightmare for the Jazz. I mean, granted, it's just a second-year kid. That. You know, no one was expecting that. But uh, even watching the Last Dance documentary, and I think it was that ninety, it was that season actually, that second mm-hmm. year when Kobe wanted or Kobe became an All Star. Yeah, everyone was saying in the Eastern Conference lineup, man, they got to watch out for that Brian kid. You know, which was kind of that was really good for us Kobe fans to see because you could tell that he already earned the the, the respect of like these veterans like Jordan and Ewing and yeah. you know all these guys at such an early age just because of his work ethic. Yeah, and the fact that he was willing to ask these guys questions all the time about how to get better. He, he asks questions to Hakeem Olajuwon all the time. Hakeem Olajuwon's probably one of the greatest centers of all time. But him and Kobe don't have the same skill set. You know what I mean? I mean, it's yeah. different games altogether. But he used him for that post move, mm-hmm. that dream shake. You know, he was kind of everything that he wanted to do. He would talk to, like, he learned from Magic Johnson all the time. He learned from Kareem. And he, would, he was not hesitant to ask anybody anything if it helped him get better at his game. Yeah. Even in his eight, you know, his, his year twenty season, he was trying to perfect his game. He was still there early working out. Yep. So it's just I don't know. It's just always been one of those things. Um. Is there a player in the NBA that reminds you of Kobe now, or is there anyone in the history of the game that's come close to like your admiration for Kobe or like how you feel about Kobe, anything like that? I think my guess is we'll have the same player as like our close. Probably. I I mean I see. So in terms of, I think players have parts of Kobe. Yes. I don't think they have kind of the whole package that you he can't. had. can't. Uh, so Damian Lillard, I think, especially now, maybe not after last game, but even then, yeah. he kind of has that mentality where I want to win and I'm, I, don't give a, I, don't, I don't give a shit who's in my yeah. way. He's very even keeled. Yeah. And that kind of reminds me of the, you know, his, Kobe's mentality, you know, yeah. my mentality. But in terms of uh, their game and when they do a fadeaway or like, it's weird because if you, if I don't look at the jersey and the way he shoots, I'm just like, holy shit, that might be Kobe. That could be Kobe. Yeah. Uh, I think Jason Tatum. I, I completely agree. Jason Tatum has that. It's weird. I was watching just now because Sixers and Celtics were just playing. Yeah, they I just was swept like, them. Like if you kind of squint your eyes a little bit, so where you can't, you know, see the whole jersey and everything, it looks like Kobe out there. Yeah. He, you see, he was wearing the forearm band today too. Oh, I didn't see he that. Was wearing was a purple forearm band. I'm sure Celtics loyalists love that. I just need him to dislocate a finger and then get the Gary Vee to take it. Yep, and then just put that 24 on the finger and then be all good. Nice. But yeah, between I mean, players talk about having uh, the you know mentality or all that stuff. But I think who actually emulates it on the court, I think those two kind of have the closest to what yeah. Kobe offered. I agree. It's, if you combine uh, combined the two of them, you know, Dame's attitude. And then Jason Tatum's style of play, I think you'd have Kobe, yeah. which is kind of weird. Um, then the other player, I think that just like all time, like in terms of you know somebody has an impact that reminds me of Kobe was T Mac. Oh man, T Mac! You know T Mac grew up with he's my second favorite player. Love yeah. T Mac. And then you you know it was really heartbreaking when you know Kobe died, and I watched that interview with that they had done like a month and a half before. Yeah, and it's like man, these guys like. Even growing up, we had no idea they were friends. Yeah, no. Like, T, you know, T Max said a story about that he lived with Kobe and his family when they were growing up, and like there was a, a they were in the, they were playing a game, I guess one you know one of these days, and Kobe asked him how his back was, and he like elbowed him in the back during the game to like just test his back and stuff like that, <laughs> which is something that Kobe would do, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, it, and just hearing, just knowing that your two favorite players growing up were like good friends is kind of cool. Because you chose well, not even knowing that you cho- uh, you chose well. It's it's funny that you say team that because 
he was my second favorite player too. And I don't, I don't get what it is. It's the style of play. Maybe it was. I, it's killer. just it's just the way that they played. And I think that's who I wanted to be at the time. You know, mm-hmm. like I wanted to be as good as Kobe. I want to be able to hit a fadeaway. I want to be able to like carry my team on my back. Yeah. And I only owned two jerseys back then. It was the Houston Rockets T Mac jersey. And was the Lakers Kobe? I'm guy. assuming that's the only Rockets jersey you'll ever own in your life. Yeah, well, I don't. Really have, <laughs> I think I still have that jersey. Yeah, so. I would. Yeah, had some. I had that. some weird ass Washington Bullets jersey. I don't know why I had that. Washington, what a tired name. That's just they weren't thinking when they made that name. <laughs> the Bullets and why? Just I don't know. It just it's just weird to me. Oh. Uh, you got any like clo- you know anything else you want to add about Kobe? That anything that might have inspired you? Anything that you want to remember him for? Like, what can we do? Do you think as like as you know fans as Kobe, of Kobe to kind of make sure that the good word goes out and that people kind of don't forget about his legacy and what he's done for a lot of people, especially, you know, people our age, people that grew up watching, idolizing him, you know, uh, and, you know, people that are from here in Southern California. I mean, I don't think Kobe's going to be forgotten. He's going to be in, the, I mean, my life. And I think, you know, in the most recent, whatever, hundred years, that's probably the most tragic death I've heard of a celebrity just yeah. in general. Um, but besides his death, I mean, just the way that he's impacted everyone, not in the U S but like the whole world, mm-hmm. like you saw all the murals that went up mm-hmm. and everywhere, like every, the Philippines, like I know they loved Kobe over there. Oh, they love him in Asia. Yeah. Even in China where they love nobody, they love Kobe. <laughs> so you saw like the impact he had. I don't think Kobe's legacy is going to go away anytime soon, but something that we can do is just, you know, the way that he carried himself, the way that he... He approached his, you know, job or yep. his his work that he does. I mean, just apply that type of work ethic to what you're passionate about. Yep. Um, if we all had a little bit of that Mamba mentality, I think things would be a lot be better a, off for oh, everybody. Oh yeah, this world would be a lot. You know what I mean? A lot better of a place to live in. Where he just, I mean, granted, he was never the most perfect person. Nobody is, but he was as close to being the most well-rounded person as you can possibly become. Yeah. In terms of what he did for himself, how he impacted others around him. And before I go any further, I want to say, obviously, condolences to everybody else that was on the helicopter that day. Yeah, you know, obviously, family. Gigi as well and everybody. So it's, and those, aren't, those aren't to be lost either. But it's different for us because we grew up uh, idolizing this guy. Mm-hmm. And it's a bond that you and I have, have shared for, what are we, 27? For the 12 years we've been friends, you know, since we were 15. Oh, damn. So it's, it's a long time. Putting up with my shit uh, for twelve years. I feel old. Holy yeah, shit. We're old. I think I still think twenty one. I wish I was. Those were good times. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, it's it's not sorry to me to cut you off. No, you're good. I, it's just I think if everyone had that type of uh yeah. attitude approaching their job, you just trying to be better. You need, yep. you know, not being satisfied with where you are right now, just trying to be better. Always improve. Yeah. It'll be good. I did you read uh, Adrian Wardanowski's thing this morning? I, I saw yeah I saw it on there. Okay, I'm gonna actually I'm gonna pull it up and read it because I thought it was fantastic and I want everyone to know what this is. Uh, one second. Well, in the meantime, I'll ask you a question. Sure. What's the closest you've gotten to like actually meeting Kobe or seeing Kobe? Was it the game that you're at? The closest. Well, the, yeah, the closest I was was definitely that game in 2008. I was four rows up from the floor. Oh, really? I was, we were fucking close. I was when my grandma used to get really good seats because she worked for Avery Dennison and she was like high up. So uh-huh. we got seats all the time. So I, I went to a lot of Laker games growing up and I'll admit for free because yeah. it was, because we had it like that for a little bit. Like I was there at the game when Shaq first came back to LA. That was another game I was at. See, that's, that's probably one thing I regret. I mean, I was young and I didn't have 
money, you know, at the time. But yeah. I wish I went to more games because I, yeah. I I went I've been to one two Laker games. That's why I think when everything opens up, even though we have well, I'll have a whole different conversation about LeBron James someday, but not right now. This is a Kobe podcast. Yeah. We need to go see him play before he retires. Yeah, that's one thing I'm realizing is I yeah. I need to go. Be more in the moment type yeah. things, you know. We need to watch the greats while they're here. That's why, yeah. even though the Angels are bad, I always love going to see Mike Trout play. I'll, I'll go for the nachos. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least you're honest. I'll go for oh. Mike Trout the beer. All right, so I'm gonna pull up the the Adrian Wojnarowski thing that he uh, typed up this morning in memory of Kobe because I, I thought it was really cool. He said. There have been a few moments with players and executives and coaches in the bubble when a conversation has turned to a variation of the same question. Can you imagine Kobe here? Well, I can. In fact, sometime, uh, something makes me think about him almost every day here. He would be running this campus. As he walked among them, Kobe would be gaining a mental edge on his competitors. He would have loved the around-the-clock consuming environment of only basketball. He had been retired for four years and gone for nearly seven months, and somehow it all didn't fully land with me until here. I understand his wife and children and parents have lived with the dreadful reality of that loss every day, and that too of young Gigi, but something about this environment, though, all ball all the time makes me think I'll see him coming barreling. Uh, makes him makes me think I'll see him come barreling around a corner. I keep waiting for it, and I know I'm not alone. Kobe was built for this bubble. Happy birthday, Mamba. That's true. That's true, right? Oh my god, that's true. Yeah, I just that when I read that, I was like, first of all, Woj is a genius, and you know, everybody loves Woj. Another Woj bomb. Woj, well, an unexpected <laughs> Woj bomb. No one, the Woj bomb, nobody thought we would yeah. get. But it's like. I don't think anybody would do better in this bubble than Kobe. Oh, if Kobe was in this bubble, he would. He's he'd enjoy this. Oh yeah, by like like too much. He, I know he would. He'd be that guy at every single game mm-hmm. watching all those guys play. You know how the players are able to go watch the games or whatever. He'd yeah. be there. Yeah, as long as often as he could if he wasn't working out or whatever. Because what's what else is he gonna? He's in the bubble. He's gonna just watch the game. Yeah, man. You can't. I mean, you probably Facetime your family and stuff like that. But yeah. he has no other obligations in here. He doesn't just yeah. playing ball. Yeah, and he's gonna, that. And you know for a fact that he's gonna play oh, yeah. some damn ball even when he's not on the court. Oh yeah, it's he would for sure be you know asking everyone oh, how's, how's your knee. Oh, is it good? Yeah. Is it holding up all right? <laughs> uh, we'll see. You know, stuff like that. It's. I thought that, you know, Woj wrote that very eloquently, and I really liked it. Yeah. Because it's, 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 it's something that we might have thought of, but he kind of brought it to light, and I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, and, and you know Kobe, like, if he was having a bad game, you know, like LeBron and AD had where they're missing all their damn free throws, he would be there. Up until midnight, shooting free throws, making sure he doesn't miss another day. Oh, you mean when we, when we won by 10 but missed 15 free throws the other day? Yeah, we should have won or yesterday. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was rough. Well, we did win. We won, I know. But, but it was it was a moral loss. It was just terrible. I it mean, was, It was frustrating. You're a basketball player. You shouldn't miss that many free throws. You've played a game your entire fucking life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> We're just getting angry. So. It's, just, it's, it's very frustrating, but it's, I mean, you know, whatever. But... Well, I guess to answer my own question earlier, like how we can make sure that we don't, you know, forget about Kobe or the legacy is as we get older, just tell stories. That's all we can really do to the younger generation because they're going to grow up in a world where to them, Kobe never existed. Yeah. You know, all they're going to see is videos and read stat lines and stuff like that. But the important stuff is not always what it was basketball wise. It's so much more than that. I just hope they keep that, uh, you know, when you're like fading away, you have a crumped crumpled up piece of I paper know. and shooting it that you yell Kobe if you yell any other name I swear you can to fuck shit. off <laughs> <laughs> you can just fuck off 
Yeah. If anyone ever yells Steph, I'm gonna throw it in their face. <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's just something, man. But I, you know, I think we've kind of touched up on everything we wanted to talk. You want to talk about anything else in particular? Anything? Any memories? Well, anything one like that? one thing. So I remember I, I mentioned I went to one Laker game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one Laker game, probably the best experience I've ever had, and I'll tell you why because. We, we got killed that game. We, we lost. So it wasn't because of the game. It was because I was lucky enough and fortunate enough that uh, I was chosen to shoot the half-court shot. Oh, yeah. You know? So, by God, you know how nervous I was? Kobe wasn't even playing that game. But he was on the court. He was on the court. Carlos Boozer so, was oh, on the court. Oh, you've been closer than I have to yeah, Kobe. So that's okay, I, I gonna, forget, how did I forget about your fucking half-court thing? I know. So I was going to touch on it. So yeah. I remember, so that day, I uh, we walked into the stadium and... Uh, you know, this lady asked me, I thought she was lying at first, right? She came up to me and she's like, so, like, oh, I see, you know, you're wearing a Lakers character. Like, how long have you been a Lakers fan for? And I was like, oh, you know. Since birth. Since my whole life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and she's like, okay, yeah, have you played basketball before? And I was like. A few times. Yeah, I dabbled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was like, so how'd you like to shoot the half-court shot? And I was like, okay, yeah, 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 I'd love to shoot the half-court shot. And uh, she's like, no, I'm serious. We're from, like, MGM. Like, I want you to shoot the half-court shot. And I was like. How did they, I still don't get how they chose you. I don't know. Maybe because I'm just like a brown guy walking in. They're like, oh, this guy must be good. All just, in. Just a nice guy. Or little, they were hoping that you'd be bad. Little did they know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, she told me that. And I was like, she's like, yeah, I'll come to you in the, the third quarter. It wasn't even like halftime. It was, it was like the third quarter. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, we'll take you down. So they took me down to the underground tunnels, you know, where the players walk That's in so with sick. all their swag and shit. Yeah. So I was walking through there trembling. I was... Like, my teeth were chattering. I was like, what the fuck? I'm not even cold. Like, I don't understand. Nervous as hell. Yeah, I was super nervous. And Allison was there with me. And I, I was like, I don't know how am I going to shoot this ball. Like, I can't even control my body right now. So I hit push-ups. I did, like, probably, like, 15, 20 push-ups. And just getting the blood to my fingers and everything kind of mellowed me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, then I was in that tunnel uh, exiting into the court. Yeah. And uh, they were doing their broadcast over the PA system. And they're like, okay, so now we're going to introduce the half-court shot and all that stuff. So then they brought me out. They call your name? They said pre. I think That's they said pre wiki They yeah. didn't say brie. That would have been bad. Oh, yeah, that would have sucked. Yeah. Not like Starbucks. You know, yeah, I was messing yeah, yeah, my yeah. name. But... <laughs> so but they called me out to the front. They're like, okay, so you're going to shoot the half-court shot for like 145 grand if you make that. And then you'll get a second opportunity to shoot a three-point shot. And you'll win a two-night stay at MGM Grand and show uh, show tickets yeah, yeah. to a Cirque du Soleil show. So I was like, fuck, man, I can pay my loans off with yeah. that 145 oh, yeah. grand. Absolutely. And you know, remember in practice, like I can shoot half-court oh, shots. Oh, no, yeah. you're In terms of everyone I know, I think you've made the most half-court shots that I know. Like yeah. people that are like my close friends. Yeah, and I was like, shit, man, I can probably do it. Like I yeah. might be able to do this. I just, it's different. So in high school, the backboard had like a, like a depth of the wall, right? The yeah, wall yeah. right there. But in the arena, there's no wall. the The depth perception on that it's is weird. terrible. I was wearing my glasses. It's like playing a colony. Remember, like oh. playing a colony back in the day. Oh when it was yeah. so much far back. That was so hard because yeah. it's like I can't tell how hard to shoot this, and I don't know if it's like the same regulation basketball court as you know yeah. high school. So I was like, shit. And you can't. You don't get a practice shot. You don't get anything. Which is rough. Yeah. So I, I was dribbling, and I was like, okay, well, shit. Let me just. I'll just go for it. And I remember the lady whispering to me. She's like. Just don't air it. Don't airball it. Well, that's no pressure. Yeah. That's a like, dick move. She's like, the last five people airballed it. And I was like, oh, great. Thanks. Thank let you. Me, let me just go for it then. Jeez. So I took, uh, I took a few steps. And usually I can just, you know, basically like a jump shot oh, yeah. from half court. Yeah. But I was like, ah, I don't want to be cocky. So I took a couple steps forward and I shot it. And I remember it left my hand. And I was like, oh, shit. That's straight. 
and went up, up, and it got closer. I was like, oh, fuck, this might bank in. And it hit the backboard, hit the rim, and backboard and went out. I was like, oh. Well, you got, you have video, right? Oh, yeah, I have a video. It's, yeah, it's on, on your, it's on your Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah. it's up there. I, I just, it was so close, and I remember feeling so defeated. I, I know. I remember how, I remember that. Um, and I don't think that I've stopped joking about it for like six years. Well, shit, every single time. <laughs> this is the worst because every single time that someone makes a half-court shot, not even Lakers, just in the NBA. In, in general. I get like five tags yes. from you and like five other friends. And yes. I'm just like, thanks. Thanks for rubbing it in. Okay, yeah. that's like the same thing of, of you and, and the rest of the guys tagging me or, or sending that video <laughs> of Villanova. <laughs> yes, of Villanova winning the target. Man, that's like the worst thing for me. And you guys, it's... Okay, that's, okay, we're gonna. That's a, besides the point, but yes, forever. Every time I see somebody make a half court shot, I'm gonna tag you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was so defeated at that, and I was like, okay, well, I don't have any jitters now. Let me just shoot this three point shot. So I just pulled up from the top of the top of the three. And I hit that and sank it. Yeah, I sank that. Yeah, and yeah. so the bet. So the, tying back into all this, I remember I shot the half court shot, and I looked over at the bench, and Kobe wasn't really impressed or anything. He was amused. <laughs> he was just he was just sitting just there. Kobe. And I remember I saw like Carlos Boozer and like a couple of the people standing up, and I was like, okay. Then I hit that three point shot. Carlos Boozer threw both his hands up in the air, and then Kobe went like this. Like you can't see the, his motion he's, he's, that he he's did. He's doing his thing where he where he, where he makes a shot and he puts his arm up and down. Yeah, yeah. where he has his clenched fist, and at, you remember that iconic moment where he hits that shot and he does his clenched fist and he kind of like shakes it once too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did that same did, exact thing. Did he really? He did that. I didn't yeah. know that. That's sick, and I was right? like. So Fuck for a that. brief moment in time, you you caused some sort of reaction from Kobe. Brown. Yeah, Kobe knew me for a brief moment. In I time, knew Kobe. <laughs> it's, you guys, you guys shared an, an amazing moment. You, you shared a, a sunrise and a sunset together, many bathtubs. Me and Kobe have a thing, man. You oh know, yeah, I, I, he knows who I am. I, I'm sure he did. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Even if it was for three seconds, but <laughs> best three seconds of your life. That was my uh, that was my NBA dreams lived. Oh, that's awesome, man. I, yeah. Thanks for sharing. That's uh. I haven't heard that part. I don't know Kobe reacted like that. Yeah, I remember because Kobe was wearing a gray suit. I remember he was wearing Slick. a gray suit with slacks, and he was wearing like this black undershirt. Slick. Yeah, I was like, "Fuck, man." And those are that's 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 definitely a lot closer than me. That's for sure. That's so sick. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Hey, I I think we're kind of good. We've cut, touched a lot of bases here. No. Um. Thank you for being the first guest I've had on here. I wanted you to be the first guest from the get go when I knew I wanted to do this pod. Um, I hope it wasn't as awkward as we thought it was going to be with having two people do it. I think it got better as we went on. No, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Sorry for all my stuttering and, uh, oh, dude, it's all good. It's your first time doing it. Oh, yeah. I, it's just, I'm 12 episodes deep. I'm still not a pro, but I, I again, I want to thank you for, for coming on, I, you know, doing me this favor and talking about something we both love. No, I appreciate you bringing me on. I mean, Kobe's for both of us, like we talked about, is just yeah. someone who kind of united us. So yeah, he um, is for sure. Of course, anytime you want me, have me back. I'll, I'll come back. Yeah, well, maybe we'll talk about something else. Whenever time you want to, you know, maybe drop in. We'll do some type of segment that you want to do. We could do it that way too. Yeah. I need more shit to talk about. <laughs> I need well, not like there's not a lot that I could talk about. I need to have. I need to be a little bit more diverse, and I think that because you have different interests than I had, that could help grow some, you know, different things I want to be doing, but. Anyways, brother, thank you so much. I yeah, appreciate it, bro. And as always, you guys, please go ahead and follow on Instagram, cam.cast. Uh, I guess listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on my anchor. And as always, guys, peace and love. Thanks. Thanks.